Please listen carefully. And now, live from a gelatinous cube in Baldur's Gate, it's the 250th episode of the Assuming Positions podcast, featuring two characters who just leveled up, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today, we have a round table. I am here, Mikey's here, Scott is here. Good to be with you. And Brad is here. And now... You sound just like the announcer guy. why would we bring everyone together? Because this is a momentous occasion. We have a new assumption, and it is an assumption of something very near and dear to our heart. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Honor among... Can we say it, let's say it all together? Honor, Honor among, among thieves. Honor among thieves. Mikey, you were way off. You were late, Mikey. Gosh. I failed my stealth check. I'm the last yeah. in the initiative. Fail. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so for any of our positrons who didn't know, this podcast actually was a phoenix that came out of the ashes of a gaming group. Yeah. Wow, it sounds like the gaming group went to ash. We'll always be a gaming we group. We just got distracted by podcasts. We were, this is a podcast that came out of the alien pod of a gaming group. We're actually role-playing a podcast. Ah. I mean, that's what I've been doing. Is that, <laughs> yeah, is that not what we've been doing? That's how I've been approaching this. So that's why we are talking about nerdy stuff and like nerdy stuff. But they made a new Dungeons & Dragons movie. So we're like, let's go see it and see if it's we're as disappointed as we were when Jeremy Irons was in right. one with one of the Wayne's brothers. One of the Wayne's mm-hmm. brothers. There were like three others. Yeah. I learned something years ago. Um, 99, 2000. I disavow any knowledge of what you speak. Okay. But before we talk about this, I would like some nerd credentials around the table. I want, sure. I want to know when everyone was first introduced to this thing called Dungeons and Dragons. We don't need exact, but whereabouts so sure. brad where did you come at dungeons and dragons uh, from 7778 yeah. uh, first edition box set multicolored dies that uh, you had to use a crayon absolutely yep. the color yeah yep. and i know my 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 buddy ralph here who's not on mic also back to those same roots uh-huh, uh-huh. did you ever grab the other crayons out of your crayon box so it didn't have to just use that white one well sure yeah. absolutely not only that we also had to start robbing dice out of everything else yeah. like yep. backgammon yeah. sets and monopoly oh, and yahtzee so yeah, there was a time where there was nary a six-sided dice to be found yes. in any board game in my house no they were all in the felt bag that you scavenged you know <laughs> Scott, where did you come about from your Dungeons and Dragons? So originally, my brother had that box set that you're talking about. I mean, I was kind of aware of it, but I was really too young. I was born in '76, but I was probably yeah sixth grade or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, some friends at school, so this would have been like '87, uh, '88 mm-hmm. time frame. And yeah, I will tell you, I can tell you exactly. It was uh, Jeff Holmes, dining room table. I was there tonight <laughs> while watching this movie. I swear yeah. to God, I was I was 12 years old again, uh, having the adventure at my buddy's dining room table. Like I said, sixth or seventh grade. Uh, Alexander was my character's name. He was a mm. fighting cleric. Ooh, wore nice. full plate armor. Chaotic good, chaotic neutral. Uh, I believe Lawful evil. I believe I was neutral good. Okay. Because I, like I think it. I was a, I was a, a cleric of Odin, so Ooh. you had to be. Isn't that the whole thing with Odin, too, is that you have to be able to kill somebody to be able to wield uh, the power and Mjolnir? Anyway, sorry, that's a tangent. Mm-hmm. But that sounds like an awesome first character. Absolutely. What about you, Mikey? Where did where were you first introduced to the... 
Oh, by the way, uh, second edition was my initial set of rules. Second sure. edition was the rules I learned on. I never played under the first edition. Mm. There you go. Yeah, that's for the old heads. That's when you, they say it was super crunchy and took forever to do anything. Uh, for me, I was a late bloomer to D&D. Like, I had the books and was aware of the books because it, like... The monster manual was just cool to look through. Oh, definitely. So I always knew about it. But like the first time I actually sat down and role played and had a group that we met more than once, probably end of high school, start of college with 3.5. They were all talking about Pathfinder is this new thing yeah. splitting off from D&D. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. Can I be an elf and shoot arrows? They're like, sure. We stayed in a sewer for about four sessions because we were newbies and I was kind of messing up, but it was the best time I've ever had. <laughs> Did you cast Burning Hands on the wall? Oh, I couldn't do anything. Okay, I, you didn't mess up too bad. My first arrow was a critical failure that went into my foot. That was my <laughs> first action in the game, and it went into my foot. The DM's like, that's how that goes. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> well, now, I, that was the first time you played it. Yes. But... Didn't you read the books before you ever played it? Yeah, I had the monster manual. I don't know if I... I might have had the player's handbook. I don't know if I had any, like, DM stuff. But didn't you read, like, the novels and stuff? Dragonlance, yes. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. that was before you ever played, right? That's true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? uh, Yeah, Dragonlance all day. Uh, Greyhawk was where we were. Mm. For me, uh, sometime in the mid-'80s, I've told this story before, but I was at a bookstore, and I found that monster manual... The one that has like the side view of like turn like you can see the underground and the above it and the mm-hmm. castle yeah and, yep and the trolls there eating something you know that that one I found that and I was like mesmerized by it I didn't know <laughs> what any of the numbers were but I was like this is some tome that has all the monsters of the world in it <laughs> and I it was mid I'd have been like around ten maybe mid eighties I don't know and I showed it to my dad my dad's like you want it and I'm like yes. So he bought me that monster mail. I had no idea it went to a game. I had no idea what it was, but I studied that thing back and forth. Then I found this game called Star Frontiers by the same company. Yeah. I got all into that. Then sometime in junior high, some kids were like, hey, you want to play some Dungeons and Dragons? And I was like, oh, I have the book that's that. <laughs> and, yeah. then like, and then I did it. And I was like, that was cool. And everyone remembers their first good yep. group. You know, I remember where it was oh, yeah. and yeah. everything. Was, so was yeah. the was the Monsters Manual like a bound hardcover book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Because I had the Monsters Compendium, yeah. which was a like a binder. Yeah. And it had like a displacer beast on the cover mm-hmm. and it was all like tabs and it had, you know, different Yeah, that was like later edition. And you could buy like more expansions yes, and put more right, to grow. the Monsters Compendium. Mm-hmm. What poor middle schooler did you steal that from? That sounds like somebody put that together with love and care. No, 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 that no was, you bought it, was, it like that. Okay. In yeah. fact, it's probably in the zoo still to this day. <laughs> Ooh, I have to I find it. I can find it. I Side know my quest. player's handbook is in there. All right. So we are all former D&D heads. We're, yes. That's the where we're coming at this from. I think it's important to know that. Yeah, yeah. Mikey, Dungeons mm-hmm. Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, just came out. Yes. We just saw it. Who's in it, Mikey? Oh, we got a whole ensemble. We got the whole party is here. We have Chris Pine as the leader. Uh, sort, He's a bard. Uh, and he's just Chris Pine being his usual piney awesome self. Right. Michelle Rodriguez is uh, Holga. Mish, the, Mish Rod. Yeah. Yeah, Mish Rod. Yes. Not in a tank top, in a corset and a medieval tank top. Right, right. Yeah. Medieval wife beater. Uh, as Holga the Barbarian, I yeah. want to say. Tank. Just Holga the Tank. tank. She was, was the tank. Good. We got Reggie Jean Page um, as Zink. We got Justice Smith was, as Simon. Who was the paladin. He was the paladin, right. yes. He was the paladin. Who was kind of cursed, but awesome. But great. Tortured. Uh, we got Justice Smith as Simon. He was also awesome. Sophia Lillis as Doric. 
What else do we know Simon from? Uh, Simon's been in a few things. Yeah. He was in one of the Transformer he familiar, movies. familiar, but I can't remember. Or was in he, Bumblebee, maybe? I'm, I'm not or sure. I, he's, I've seen him in things. Bumblebee. Uh, he's also in Sandman, the, the reboot. Not yeah. the reboot, but the, the new series of Sandman. He plays a part in that, too. And then uh, we got Hugh Grant as yeah. Forge. The, the sort of contractor of the group, the patron that everybody always has. Right. Like, and what a classic campaign. What a classic D&D trope mm-hmm. of your old buddy winds up being the big bad. Right. You know? There's four player characters in this. Yes. Right? Yes. I'd agree with that. Yes. Yes. Chris Pine the Bard. Bard Mish- slash rogue. Mishrard the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. He is probably multi-class. Justice Smith the Wizard. Or wild mage was he a wild mage sorcerer? He taught. He did like, make that yeah. one mention about yeah wild magic, and then Sophia Lillis, the what was she shapeshifter? She, she, she was a, a wild druid. Yeah, yeah, she's druid. Oh, she's a druid. She That's was right. A druid. That's and then right. the paladin. You, now are you implying that the paladin was an NPC? Yes, hundred yeah, percent. That yeah. paladin was hundred percent an NPC. Right. And, and I said it right after the movie. That is the exact reason why paladins are so dead gum annoying to play with in your party. Yeah. Right. That's a DM having fun. They yeah. got to come and go. They absolutely and, nailed and the, the paladin. The he DM was great. has to use it to progress the story. That's right. And, it was and do the hand of God a little bit, yeah. which was great. It was great. In the couple of the fights. It's totally the DM, though. He's like, I don't speak in colloquialism, so if you can speak <laughs> to me so, in character. There were so many great lines like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was an absolute nod to, you know, the, the group sitting around the table having a conversation. Yes. And Holga had so many great lines. So many just, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you failed your intelligence test to say something stupid. Yeah, you're right, you right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who who would you have role played if you had to if you were given these character sheets, which sheet do you hope you would have drawn? That's a great question. I, I think we all tend to gravitate towards certain uh, characters when we play. You guys, we've all played together for going on twenty years in some cases. I think it's no surprise that I would probably lean towards the tank. I'm All usually right. the big yeah. dumb guy who yeah. takes lots of damage. Yes. Oh, spoilers, everyone. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> By the way, on an episode what, of that I'm the big dumb guy? <laughs> I think everybody knows no, that. No, 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 no. Fans of the show no. know that. Just I think we should go around the table know. and we should hand out the party characters right <laughs> yeah. now. Right? Yeah. Okay. We should hand out the party characters. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, I'm gonna start. Yeah. All right. Uh I'm I'm Edgin, of course. <laughs> is Ralph the DM? Ralph is definitely. Yeah, that's why he's not that's why he's not on key on the microphone key. Yeah, Zank. Kevin, um, yeah. you're the tank. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're Holga. Really? Oh, absolutely. Are Mikey, you sure? Uh, you're Doric, and yeah, Brad, you're just smart enough to use that sorcerer. That's that's right. That's that's oh, how okay. I assign the character sheets. Interesting. Mm. I'm Edgin for sure. No, I disagree. <laughs> oh, the foils are going at it. I lay it out. I Put it out there. Brad's Brad's definitely the barbarian because he loves that. Yeah, he's always the druid. There's no way he's not the druid. Mikey's the druid, for sure. But you love playing magic users. You love playing magic yeah, users. Yeah, I would play the magic users. That's what I'm saying. I, I think you would be the magic user, and I'd be the stupid bard who like is trying to... like. My bard would have been hitting on women a lot more. But he's a complex character. He's yeah. got the family. He's got the backstory. Yeah. He's tortured. He's, and he know, actually classic. has personal growth. He becomes a better person. Uh-huh. <laughs> he recognizes it was his fault. A, not blaming a, another one of the great things that this movie did early on was establish the relationship with all the characters and intertwine mm-hmm. them. It was a little more than the classic, okay, you all wind up in a bar, you know, get in no, a bar you, fight, you knew make each friends. Other before, yeah. You knew each other before. It's yeah. already established. And those relationships are built in and they don't have to over explain them. You just feel it yeah, pretty yeah, early yeah. on. And I, I thought that was really well done. Well, and I thought it did a great job on its information dumps. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even though you know you're getting an information dump when it goes into, you know, where the helm came made from. It a and, story. Yeah. That's right. It was never heavy-handed, and you did feel like, okay, I could see people sitting around a table playing this part. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the GM going through that part. It was very much the four characters we consider player characters acted like player characters. They talked like player characters. They interacted like player characters. Made decisions and, like pa- player yeah, characters. Yeah, exactly. And then the NPCs were like, that's what was the funny thing about that paladin is that's the GM. I am playing a paladin now, and this is what a paladin acts like. And here's the, here's the info dump from the paladin. That's right. Meanwhile, everyone else is kind of cracking wise, but the, the paladin stays on track because the module says the paladin says this <laughs> and this and this. It was very funny. Like everybody they interacted with was like, they're in the module somewhere or in the GM's mind. Or the GM's mind. Absolutely. Did anyone else feel like when they were in the Underdark, that was a hex board? Oh, very yes. much so. Yeah, yeah, yes. all yeah. I saw the hexes. The, yeah, nice I saw the hexes nod. as Devil's they were. Uh, so many nods. We got that again later at the, the labyrinth at the final battles, uh, which was great. Uh, really paying homage. I'm to, glad you saw that, too, because I saw that. I was like, hexes. Yeah, hexes. We, were, we were elbowing each other. <laughs> Those yeah. are hexes. That happened about every 10 seconds in this movie, and it was never like it was never cheesy or no, like no, no. eye-rolling. You or know weird. why, I think, though? Because I think that they were so inside. Like, I really think that just a regular person going to see that movie would just be like, oh, here's a fantasy adventure movie. But none of the nods were something that someone wouldn't understand, would take, wouldn't understand. Like, what are they talking about? I don't understand. I think it was very responsibly handled. I think Hasbro. And I think the the you know the should be what TSR. became of TSR, TSR or who TSR sold TSR it to TSR is my D and D realized uh-huh. what they had and and realized that hey this is something that a lot of people really care about and hey the previous version of a movie they tried to make in this world mm-hmm. really didn't do that great or wasn't that well thought of well, so what here's we, our chance you could say previous movie or previous movies sure what, what there were we, three other Dungeons and Dragons branded movies before this one. What we I didn't even know about two of them. Two, two of them were straight to video. One was oh, the, one was right. only one was theatrically the one released. One with uh, Thora Birch. What do we know about the guys who made this? Do we know anything? Uh, the names sound familiar from one of the writers. I was going to ask. Uh, I meant to do that in research. I was going to ask what maybe we knew him from. I feel like I've seen the name on screen before. So I, I feel like this isn't anybody's first project. Speaking of the different locales and the different places, like that prison. Yeah. Um, oh, that was cool. In the winter, I, I swear I've either read that in a book or felt like right out of a module. Maybe played that in a module. Yeah. I mean, this or, is the Forgotten Realms world, right? Which I had the box set of. Yeah, so, which and, is Icewind and yeah, yeah. Neverwinter. Right. Everywhere they were mentioning, I yeah. remember seeing on the map. Yeah, that map had, had, a lot hexes, of, hex- it had a lot of names that you're yeah. like, oh. There was a lot of locales in this movie that felt familiar yeah. like if i weren't so old and my memory weren't so bad sure. i could remember exactly what the name of that place is only we'd taken better care of our brain cells over Had the we years only taken well, better care and, of our brain cells and all the names they said were like oh i know that yeah. from the books i remember that when right. they said baldur's gate i was yes. like baldur's gate baldur's yeah gate. yeah just an update from the dm and the secret missive um <laughs> the creative team behind this have a weird track record but it kind of makes sense so they are the team responsible for things like horrible bosses oh okay. one and two game night Great. That makes a lot of sense. Vacation, they tried to redo that did okay. And then Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, yes. no kidding. So All they're, right. So, and they're, they're that doing, explains some of the sense they of They must humor. just play They're Dungeons also behind Dragons. the new Flash coming up, too. Oh. So they, they, they have a nerd rap sheet behind them. It, it's a little like varied, but I think that kind of variation leads to this kind of fun. 
I agree. I, I it was great, uh, well put together. Scott made a comment earlier to me that uh, he didn't feel like it was really a, effects heavy for something that obviously is entirely effecty. It was never in your face. It all felt really oh, natural. I, it was all really lovingly pulled off. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the owl bear looked great. Well, we um, it, we often talk about the the beauty of the practical effects. Mm-hmm. I think all of us here appreciate the practical effects, and I thought there was a great balance between CGI and actual practical effects. I mentioned that that big bird, Jonathan, that yeah. they escape on. Jonathan, yeah, the way you know when I they, think it was when Jonathan. I do too. Jarnathan. I think it's yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. Is it Jonathan? Which yeah. is but, that's an old D and D bit. Is taking a regular name that's and right. throwing in a random. And letter. my first character's <laughs> name, he was a dwarf named Nivek, which is just my name right. backwards. I had like a Bitor or something yeah. that was supposed to be <laughs> no, like my a, first or Alexander. Trevor, which was supposed to be Robert backwards or something like that. I, I think that whole bit, because that happens right up at the uh, top of this movie, because we get the record scratch. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this prison. And, <laughs> right. and Chris Pine goes and gives the backstory. But this little bit sets up the whole tone that is consistent throughout this movie and is awesome. In that he tells the backstory, and it's the typical backstory. I swore an oath, my wife died. Now I have to avenge and atone like D&D 101. You buy right. it immediately. But they splice it in with like, and uh, do you know when Jonathan's going to get yeah, here? Because I think, okay, okay, back to my dead wife. Anyway, <laughs> like, that's so, like, trying a player trying to figure out, like, okay, he's buying it. I'm persuading him. Let me get another stealth check in yes, here. exactly. The, yeah, the whole he, Jonathan bit. One of, the, one of the nods that I really liked was how literally the magic user had, like, this little dispenser. Little 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 oh, dial yeah. that could. Yeah. For, for, they're, they're for his, I, his stuff he has to mix together for spells. I have, I have one of those in my camping checkbox for some items. <laughs> Even the dialogue and the events that unfold follow rules as written yeah, about yeah. wild magic. Yeah. Well, yes. guess what? What's that? They made character sheets for all these characters. I believe it. I Shut bet. up. They did not. Yes, they did. All this right, is, so what, what level are they? I don't know. Ralph over <laughs> here in the booth just put up on the screen that Wizards of the Coast made character sheets for the movie. That's great. Characters. That is awesome. It means you can one-shot it with your friends. Because this does really feel like a campaign. We That's one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie is... Could you not have seen this as a campaign we ran? Absolutely. That's what felt so great about it. The side quest to get the item to finish the goal. Especially the freaking cemetery scene. That was so... Bunch of guys sitting around the table screwing things up. Uh Over and over and over again until they get it right. With a good sport game master. Yes. You know? With a good sense of humor. I love the one where they... (laughs) This is like I cut in half. Did you? They throw open the coffin and he's half a dude <laughs> right there. I think those were practical. Absolutely, they were. Yeah. That was very Rick Baker, Stan Winston yeah. kind of feeling to me. And oh, the, yeah. And the know. whole, like, the first one is the ritual, and it's like, we do this right, and they, why five questions? I don't know. It's arbitrary, but we'll do this ritual, and it's very serious. And then he, they mess it up, of course, because the first five questions that a player is going to ask. Did that count as a question? Yes. Yes. And that, was such, that was such the DM. Yes. That was, that was the DM yes, sitting there. DM, those are your questions. Paying attention, waiting uh, to screw the yeah, team. Yeah. Because remember, the old DM motto was, it's me against you. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, it's you the know? instant resolution of the DM decision. And then each corpse they interview progressively just gets faster. It's like the player's like, okay, we know the trick. Now we, right, what's the question? Right. They get better and better. Okay, dig another one up. Okay, dig another, dig another one up. One up. You know? He Except still for that last guy. Two, he still has three questions left on him. Are you just going to leave him like that? That was such two PCs talking to each other. <laughs> He's like, oh, we need to go talk to the, uh, this guy now. Let's find his grave. Hey, man, you only asked him two questions. He's going to be gonna here le- forever. You're just going to leave him like that? 
And he's like, okay, fine. Uh, what's your favorite color? You know, <laughs> do you like cats? <laughs> <laughs> two plus two. I'm bad at math. Thunk. <laughs> that was the best. It was, oh my gosh. It was such like, I could just see the guy at the table, the two guys at the table. Yeah. Yes. Hey, man, you can't just leave him like that. I love it. And something I will say just about the event, seeing this in a the theater, like, this could be a give or take far, as far as a theater movie goes. There's really nothing to... The graphics are awesome, yes. but I don't think the CGI is like spectacle and for, enough for the theater. I mm. will say, however, though, that this movie made an entire theater laugh multiple times. That's right. It's true, yeah. It wasn't yes, just us, absolutely. and it wasn't just at like the obvious bits. You could hear like things would tickle certain people. Yes. It'd be like, oh, you're that type of nerd. Like, <laughs> That's right. Like, no, That's right. It, it yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. It didn't hurt that we were in one of those movie house eateries either. You yeah. know, and we could have some adult beverages, and a, yeah. you know, Scott and I's hands could meet occasionally yeah. <laughs> in a bowl of popcorn. Hands. But that cemetery know, scene touching too. Hands, it was great. Reaching <laughs> out. Spoiler alert for the Touching Swimming Podcast Backyard Band. <laughs> All right. Do we want to totally spoil this or just we, we want to just Why? go through like Let's favorite be bits? Somewhat responsible and allow for. Not all of the spoiling, but we do want to do favorite fight scene. We can? Oh, sure. Oh, oh, that's easy. There's a soon to be on an eight slice fight night. Ooh. Oh, so we'll, oh, yeah. we'll end with Scott. So we'll start. We'll start with Brad. Okay. I really enjoyed the. I thought we got a lot of economy of scene before even the opening title shot. Uh-huh. I thought we got a great exposition. Here's how these two know each other. Here's how they got together. And tell me this isn't the classic buddy story. Okay, guy and a girl, they're not romantically involved, but they love each other because of everything they've been through. They're more Mm -hmm. brother and sister. This felt like something. Kevin and I have done a lot of very intimate role playing over the years and not always dressed in funny costumes. But what I mean is (laughs) we've we've role played some very intense scenes. Yeah, you know, and and, and been through some very uh, great, well-written stories. And it felt like these two had experienced that. Yeah, for sure. You know, that depth of character. The reason why they aren't romantically involved is because they're two dude buddies. Right. <laughs> who, yeah. Who just like I want to play a female character this time. Okay, female barbarian. Honest, we, Sounds we've, good. We've all done it. Yeah. We've all played a female character or an alien or something non-sexed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're a gelatinous cube. So, no, what was your right. favorite fight scene? Then? I really enjoyed her first fight. The first time we see her scrap. in the stairs, in the stairs, we see what a badass she is. <laughs> While Chris know. Pine's just it, trying to get, his, trying to be useful, just hiding, it, trying to cut his ropes, <laughs> hit his ropes there, and we already know, and that tells us everything <laughs> we need to know about him as a character. Okay, he's the air quotes brains, and she's the brawn, and that's why they're a team. <laughs> My favorite part of that scene, see, like I just saw this movie once, and I already got like favorite lines. There you go. Yes, she's on like the basically the second to last guy or something, and like slams him down, and then he goes, "Oh, we got him now." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, good team. You know? doing anything. Doing anything. She's doing all the lifting, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Kev, what's your favorite fight scene? My favorite fight scene was her second fight scene. Mishrod going house in, like, the armory or the blacksmith yeah. shop or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, where she scars yeah. her axe yeah, uh, she, with all the, yeah, she the just flames. The, going around. You, She obviously has... I need to see the character sheet, and I don't even know if new D&D has this, but I know GURPS had it. She has that improvised weapon yes. skill. Oh, yeah. Use your environment. Yeah, yeah that's the right. use your environment advantage or what? You know, I think it's improvised weapon skill in GURPS. There you go. Uh, at a very, a very high level because she was just using everything around... Put it like I need a shield on my back for back protection. I need a helmet on my head. 
you know, it was great. She and does have a quirk of always eating a potato. Yes. Well, that was great. Yes, there was, there was a quirk. Was definitely a quirk. That was potatoes. absolutely a quirk. But that, like, the way the potato bit pays off in the movie is uh-huh. would work in any campaign because of rule of cool. It's like, oh, you've been eating potatoes That's this right. whole time. I, I love it. Minus one. Loves potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> to a weird extent. Yeah. Not unhealthy, but weird. <laughs> so, Mikey, your favorite fight scene. Uh, I do love Brad. Um, like, I love the, the barbarian stuff. Um, I'd have to go back and watch it happily, but and also keep an eye out for it. It seems like they give the barbarian two actions for everybody else's one it action. It kind of does seem mm. like that. And You're I right. don't know if they followed that rule, because that is a rules thing. Um, mine's more of an action set piece than a fight scene, but... I'm playing Doric, and we get a whole <laughs> we get a whole sequence. It's a montage of animals that she can be. Yeah, but it's exactly oh, oh as she's escaping when she's seen by the yeah uh, by the by the, uh, the red it. wizard. Yeah, she's a bug. She's a mouse. She's a deer, like they predicted. Oh, she was a deer. She was a deer. Uh, yeah. yeah, like but, she blended in with all the other deers in town. Yeah, and uh, that that's the player character going like, and I'm gonna escape with something fast. Like a deer? Yeah, like a deer! Yeah, and that's the GM being a good sport. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. And with Mikey's rule of cool. And yeah, then the guy it. playing the bard going like, ah! <laughs> I would say it still needs to be rewatched uh, a couple of times, but uh, man, that uh, red wizard paladin fight. Yeah. Uh, right before the, oh, the red yeah. dragon scene. That was great. Yeah, you're like, underworld he thing. just met, you know, you... Yeah, you know, I'm thinking, oh, that's a magical sword plus three, and he's, you know, just did the incantation that does that, and all the different uh, ways that make a paladin just unstoppable. Well, and some of that is is really identifiable. It's the the GM realizing the story is at a place where I've got to do this great battle scene to finish telling this story or to get to where I need to be. But this is way over the characters' heads. I need to put in my hand to God, and my NPC paladin that I love needs to come in and needs kick some bad guy in. butt. Yeah, right? you know. Right. Yeah, if it looks like a TPK, you're allowed to have somebody like divine yeah. intervention just for once. I loved the. Uh, he throws the sword, but he's still holding on to a dagger. Yes, from underneath it, and then they go to fighting with daggers again. I gotta, I gotta watch it another couple of times. And I'm that scene finished. I'm like, rewind. I want to <laughs> yeah. see that. I, I need to see that one again. I really loved the fact that we had bespoke weapons. We had swords of power. Absolutely, you know, and you saw their power because it was such a big part of D and D for me. Is everybody wanted an enchanted weapon? You know, and uh, Holga had it with her axe, and then how the axe changes, and she's like, "Yeah, that works for me." You know, oh yeah, and, like it, it added like plus one to everyone it. had a heavier. favorite weapon, and it would change through the campaigns. And I got to do a little bit of a speaking out because I think. I'm, not, I'm making up an argument that you know people are going to be grumpy about this, but I just shouted out to support it is that Chris Pine's weapon is his loot, yes. you know, yep. and they even have the in-game conversation. It's like, so why are you here? And he's like, I make plans. It's like, okay, the plan's made. Why are you here? <laughs> That's such a great bit, but he uses his powers throughout this movie, and they never like go, hey, look what he's doing. Olive's bard persuasion works. Every time he needs to convince somebody, it does work. Yes, That's bard. Every time he sings, you know, and then... I did not expect this at all, but when they do the projection of Chris Pine as the bard playing the song and it starts to, the yes. spell fails because yes. you couldn't, your concentration failed or whatever. He stubs his toe. <laughs> that was so bizarre. It was. That was great. Field. It took me a second. I was pulled in. Uh, but you're absolutely right. And that is the great 
thing about the way we would role play and the way you would look at a character on a sheet is, you know, somebody might glance at the character and go, well, this guy doesn't have crap. And then you'd realize, no, actually, he's got a lot of charm and he's a leader and he's, you know, he'd have charisma and he'd have a command or a, what was it? Uh, you know, the things that you can do to make people want to work with you and help you. And yeah, you like know? the inspiration leadership exactly. skill. And it made that character fun. And I could see that as a fun played character. Call to action or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Call to adventure. Right. All right, now I'm going to go everyone's favorite setting. Oh. Scene. like Not, not well, scene is in a movie. You yeah. know, I'm, I yeah, don't yeah. mean like a scene in a movie. Yeah. I mean like a set, the setting. There you go. Scott, you went last first. Yes. Oh, no, first this time. First this time. Oh, gosh. Well, I guess, uh, you know, just kind of. No, I uh, Underdark. Underdark was cool, man. I really dug the uh, either that or if I had a second answer, I'd also say the maze. Now the underdark the was was a lot of fun. I was I was uh, sad that we didn't see any drow. In sure, the underdark. <laughs> that's where they would have uh, been. Yeah, do those brain dogs really exist in the monster manual? Because I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Yes, but it wouldn't yes. surprise me. I remember them. I remember their picture in the monster manual. Okay, um, Thumbershod is a dragon that's in Forgotten Realms. Yeah, the big fat dragon. <laughs> fat I, dragon. I like, When's the I last do, time we ever saw a I fat was, dragon? I, was I just, do want to change my answer. Yeah, my okay. favorite is the maze. Yeah, the maze is my favorite because I loved. I love the gelatinous cube scene, and I Definitely. said this to you guys afterward. There's a shot of the gelatinous cube with the guy floating in, and you're like, yeah. that's a literally. direct homage yeah. to I mean, literally with the, the skeleton manual. with the armor on it. Well, hold on. We'll, we'll do favorite monster in a second. Yeah. <laughs> favorite, okay, good. favorite scene, Brad. Uh, I really enjoyed the heist. I, I really yeah. enjoyed the, the teleporter again. Yes. Spoiler alert. I thought that whole bit was a D&D yes. bank heist. That and so great. many of our modules were. Remember, it was mm -hmm. always about, hey, you got to get the MacGuffin yeah. and save the world. Yeah. You know? And so it really felt like that. Yep. And it felt clever. And it felt like, okay, let's use what we have at hand. Oh, crap, we've got this random wand hanging around. And, of course, the, the sorcerer recognizes it, realizes what it is. And, you know, of course, they use it to get out of the, the, the thunder shot mm -hmm. or whatever. The hither-tither rod. <laughs> yeah. hither-tither rod. So good. But that whole, that whole bank heist with the mm -hmm. wagons and stuff, and which, by the way, was the only moment at the beginning of that scene when we see the wagon going from like an overhead shot with all its horses and stuff. That was the only time I thought, oh, it kind of looks a little CGI. And then it immediately paid off because it was practical and horses dragging this freaking armored wagon and, yep. and our guys getting ready to uh, uh, infiltrate it in a very clever, very fun, mm -hmm. gamey way. So mm -hmm. that was my favorite part, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I had one moment of the CGI is like caught me off guard and they were sitting in the hallway waiting for Forge but the rest of the movie it, it never took me out of it but it's just funny I had one beat like you did uh, on that hither tither stick I don't think that like you, we were talking about custom weapons this is D&D &D at home again all homebrew weapons like you play a video game like Portal and you're like this mechanic is awesome how yes. can I reskin it so it fits into D&D &D medieval times that's right it was absolutely a portal gun that's absolutely a yeah. portal gun but it, now it's the hither tither stick and that's it didn't wonderful feel forced and it mm -hmm. didn't feel awkward it totally did feel like something a 17 year old <laughs> yeah. came up with yeah. for his game group <laughs> yep you know stole yeah <laughs> reskinned did but, you have a favorite setting scene? Uh, if setting was that cemetery, like yeah, it, yeah. for a a movie that was consistently funny from top to bottom, from T to B, that was probably the highlight of it. That just it was Monty Python esque as far as just timing, comedic. Yeah. 
It was great. I agree. That was my favorite scene too. And creepy looking, like yeah. In general, I mean, tell me about your scene, and then I'll make. Well, no, that I think that was my favorite scene, but oh, I'll no. throw another <laughs> one in there. I guess my favorite scene was when they're I, on the beach because Mish Fraud had most of her armor off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, there you go. Though I don't know, but yeah, it, it would have been that the graveyard. I agree. The shift gears a touch. We we talked about it a little a while ago. I thought it was neat that every character. Besides, we got Holga and, and uh, the Bard together. Every character got their own intro, very much like mm-hmm. when we're running a campaign and it's the first time you meet this character. And <laughs> you, the GM gives you the benefit of some backstory, and here's your paragraph, and you get to kind of introduce your character. And they were all very well done, and you got a neat picture of who everybody was. I especially love the sorcerers with his, you know, bilking the the, the <laughs> crowd and, and that kind of thing. And you see he's kind of bumbling. And I really liked the druids. I thought that was a really neat he's like, that's not her. That's her. Yeah. You know, and I thought that Albert. was really fun. And again, felt like something we would have done in one of our campaigns. Mm-hmm. And that's what was so much fun about this movie was it really was identifiable to the deep, deep cut nerd in me. Mm-hmm. And hit all the things on the scenery just overall like we're talking about the underdark, we're talking about the maze, we're talking about the cemetery, we're talking about the castle. They hit all the cool spots. Yes, yes. We knew there had to be a labyrinth. We knew there had to be dungeons. We knew there had to be dragons. You know, we had knew that uh, it was going to be presented in that way, and it was going to be. I knew in the first ten or fifteen minutes of that movie that we were in for a treat. Mm. All right, uh, favorite monster. Oh, gelatinous cube. Gelatinous cube. Love the gelatinous cube. He was fun. Mikey, what was your favorite? Can monster? I change my answer? No, Mikey, what was your favorite? <laughs> monster? Uh, favorite monster? What? Displacer Beast. That was they cool looking. Pretty cool. Yeah, they were really well done and, and very faithful. Uh, the freaking um, the what's the imitator box thing? What are they called? The fake treasure chest? Oh yeah, with the, the tongue. Yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. the mimic. The mimic. That's yeah. it. The mimic. I thought I was just checking boxes off on a list at that point. I'm although like, okay, although there was see. one box that didn't get yeah. checked. Right? You mentioned it, Brad. Yeah, I did. Uh, the beholder. We no beholder. There was one yeah. in the comic credits at the end but there was not one in the movie i'm curious if maybe there's some scenes that didn't they make gotta, it to they gotta the save something for the sequel movie. i would love for there to be a sequel i don't know if it was a mo- he's a monster technically because i think he was very sentient but jornathan or jonathan yeah, that, or that poor bird yeah bird guy <laughs> the bird man <laughs> the bird it must guy. happen all the time he to was him. he was great especially like <laughs> and like at first you're like he's in on it and like oh no they're just they just threw him out the window yeah and you thought they were going to be excited to see him for a completely different reason yeah. you didn't know you thought it's because he was going to be sympathetic <laughs> yes. or what you know? yeah, like, he had some card to play or no thought it, they had a relationship or <laughs> just one he was right him out the window nope I know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but you know, Jonathan got home that day and he talked to his wife. He's like, "It happened. It again. happened again. <laughs> I've been telling them to to brick up that window right. for years." Ah, uh, it so feels like something they would have written into. And then the next uh, day, Jonathan, we're meeting in the basement this time. He's like, "Finally, no windows." <laughs> and still, it gets crushed into a wall. I might vote for the owl bear, but that's one of the player characters. Sure. Yeah. And riddle me this. Do you think what the owlbear was doing at the end to the Red Wizard was an homage to Hulk? Hulk and Loki. Oh, it, yes. was, it was fun. It was yes. a fun nod. It was very yeah. much a ragdoll kind it of It was a... so good. I literally, in my head, heard the person playing the druid like rolls. Like, I got a 19. A 19? Yeah. You know, all right. You go over there and you grab the wizard and like... You remember that scene and what that Hulk did Hulk uh, with did. Loki? You do That's that. That's what you do. Yeah. Roll 4d6. <laughs> yeah. 
know? <laughs> and a little bit of like not trust it. Like you've been playing with this DM for a while. The DM's like, he's fainted. You're like, uh, I'm going to hit him like three more times. Yeah. Just to, I'm just going to shove him into the ground until I see a little bit more blood. <laughs> hit him again. <laughs> he... He He's just flops around. Dead. Hit him again. Right. He flops around. Hit him again. He flops around. <laughs> Throw him against the wall. He falls down like a ragdoll dead. <laughs> oh, some of my favorite moments are when the GM would look over across the table and go, even or odd? Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, I'm getting ready to decide something here. <laughs> That's it. What about, what about critiques? What about negative stuff, man? Is, is there is there anything you, you, that didn't land right with uh, you? It wasn't an hour longer. Could have been an hour longer. There's yeah. no drow in the Underdark. <laughs> There's no drow in the Underdark. <laughs> Uh, I, I really have no complaints uh, on first viewing. It's it's thumbs up so far. As far as like what I hope to see next time is a little bit like if you're going to be that nerdy about it and this movie seems to be doing well, then you know your audience is smart enough to keep up with you. So like lean hard, like go nerdy sure. D&D. Okay. And like, like we got all the fun bits for the first one. Now like... It's when you like level, you get to level five in your campaign, and you're like, finally, our characters can do something and actually affect change rather than just being weird murder hobos. You know, it's like right. now we can do stuff. So it's not really a critique, but I now have high expectations for where they take this because of such a good setup. Okay, well put. Well, I, you got to really look hard. You got to really push those glasses up high on the bridge of your nose. You really got to get into your your troll frame of mind. But I gotta ask. Uh-huh. Can druids really shapeshift that much? Depends. If you can shapeshift that much, that quickly, that often, you're like a super powerful druid. Wasn't she a different race, though? She was, she a, was tiefling. a tiefling, which they are natural changelings. And you, some get, of the, you get, some get of advantages the yeah. to druids. I thought, yeah. I thought, like a, a, well, a, they're, they're part a mid dragon or part ogre or part something. What? They're part the tiefling. What are they? I don't know. They're they're human something. You part, know? I think it's part demon. Yeah, actually, kind of like the dragonborn a little bit. I just know that 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 was after that that came. That was not first edition. That was you know third yeah. fourth edition. Yeah, yeah. I had very popular character now with with D and D players. It was not a big thing. You know, when we were kids or when I was kids, it was you know you had your your four races. You know, you had you be an elf, you could be a dwarf, you could be a human, you could be any combination of those. No, I was second edition, bro. <laughs> yeah. way, we got so, we got way more choices in second sure. edition. Sure, and that's you know, and it kept uh, with each edition, it did keep growing. I could but, I could see the nitpick that like she does shape shift a bunch. She, she does seem to have you know in the the, the power rankings. She's she's, yeah, the, she's yeah. powerful. She's almost almost she OP here. Do a lot of th- lot of. But for as much as they th- say things like this can only be used once, and there's magic restricting bracelets that do take effect. Yes, right. they they play enough with like power leveling mm-hmm. that I, th- I think this is a, a rule of cool kind of thing. And I, again, I'd have to see it again, but I think there is one scene where she's trying to change, but gets like distracted and it takes her longer. Like, so there was yes. some fallback. It didn't, it wasn't always instantaneous. The only time it was instantaneous is when there was no threat, which rules is written. I think magic applies easier when you are right. Yeah, yeah. When you're not under, <laughs> not under initiative. That's all yeah. we used to argue about that, that, you know, on your character sheet is, it you know that's in combat at level when you're trying to do things sitting around the table in a bar it's a different experience you know the pressure's Kevin there. Kevin what is what does the rule Nazi say over there no, Kevin, I was just you, I was just looking you when, being our Kevin's resident rule Nazi. I was looking when tieflings were introduced um, and it was like three point five okay yep. so that's why we don't 
Yeah, whenever they no, started but, introducing multi-classes when we yeah, started tell us in the comments but, what but we're I, saying I, wrong. I, uh, I don't think uh, it was necessarily OP because if you think of the things that she turned into, she couldn't turn into everything. That's true. So those might have just been the things on her sheet. Right. Because owl, you got owlbear, like falcon, Mouse, fly, worm, bug. Mouse, worm, you know. Fly. That's yeah. all we saw. Yep. And no imaginary creatures so. besides, I mean, obviously, owlbear exists in the universe. But she could do it no, at will. I remember there was no being, winged worm thing. There was no... I mean, I remember our, our party had, had a druid, and he could do it like once a day, and there was only one animal that he could change into. Maybe she's got. I mean, we're all kind of low, sucky level characters. That's what I'm saying. It seemed like she was a little. She's got five spell slots. What are you talking about? You haven't seen her character sheet. Yeah, she might have an amulet. We should look at the character sheet. (laughs) Look at the character sheets that apparently exist. Because that's the thing about this movie. I mean, they they addressed attunement in this movie. Yeah, I think they might be very high level characters. Yeah, I would think so. They address wild magic. Just the concepts they're throwing in here and like that work because it works in the game and they're awesome things that things are awesome about D and D in general. To see them actually like play out, this is what you always imagine, you know. Right. They looked at they they obviously looked at the rules of the world. Yeah. I mean, every movie has rules of its world, mm-hmm. sure. And this and the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is there's already rules written down and known. And so they, you just got to read the book, and then you got your movie. And they had so much fun with it, though. Yes, yeah. and you said it, Mikey and, and Kevin. You've touched on it. They trusted the nerds. In yeah. us. They they didn't overly explain anything. They gave you just enough information to be comfortable with the setup. Yep. At no point did you feel like, I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not sitting here nitpicking it and picking it apart. And it the, was responsibly The done. Easter eggs were so subtle and wonderful. Yeah. Like, well, so we're going to head by Baldur's Gate and then like, <laughs> Neverwinter. And we're right. like, oh, like I, I remember those places remember on the map. Places. Yeah. But they just, they didn't like hit it hard. They were just like, so we're going to go by Chicago. And then head over to Milwaukee. Right. You're right. They were very right. common places, names yeah. that we had all heard and yeah. places we'd all been. And yeah. dropped out, just just name dropped. And we yeah. got the DM fast travel, like, oh, we need to go here. Boom, we're here. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple cross-country yeah, scenes a, just some, for the... Some big helicopter shots of them yeah. walking across the mountains that's after it. they rode Jonathan to the ground. <laughs> but that's the Jordan. DM. You spend a few days traveling. There's one instance in the night, but you guys are okay. And you arrive in town the next day. And you sleep and get all your hit points back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Here's another thing that kind of bothered me. I mean, in the line of Beholder, why were there no kobolds? Yeah, right? Every party. That's the first <laughs> feat. That's the first you warm up fight on, in every campaign you know? is a kobold. Maybe those yeah. little brain butt creatures could have been uh, the... the I, I, I literally remember the drawing of those things from that, that first monster manual I had. I can't... I forget what they're called. That was a fu- even say That it. was a funny line, too, when the paladin's like... <laughs> The paladin, and that's awesome because the paladin is obviously the NPC, right. so he's giving them the information about the monster because he's the DM and knows. And he's like, he's like, he's like, they only prey on very intelligent beings, you know. So stay still, and they just walk past him. I love it. <laughs> the I'm bar- kind of insulted. Yeah. <laughs> you all failed your int check. You're right. all dummies. <laughs> Easter eggs, though, Kevin, you brought it up. My favorite Easter egg took place in Scotty's favorite location, the maze. There's we got two, to see two other adventuring parties. There's yes. two Easter eggs oh at my the same gosh. time, and I missed one, and you yeah. got one. I think I among us, okay, who who got it? Honest, I did not catch it the first time. I got the I caught, I caught the. I caught one of the two. We caught one yeah, of the two, I which of know. course 
was the original animated Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. yes. I didn't there was the Eric, and, and at one point, Bobby gets the battle axe. Yeah. I'm like, Bobby! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the adventuring party from the original Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah. Who which Chris, I actually have on DVD. Yeah. Who Chris Pine turns and says, you might die. And they're like, oh. <laughs> Sorry, you died in the 90s. Was it? Didn't, didn't you say, Kevin, they didn't hold up very well? You went back and you've watched them and they're not, they don't hold I up. I mean, they're just, they're the same as all those other 80s cartoons. Yeah, a lot of cartoons yeah. from that era didn't necessarily yeah. age well. They meant a lot to us because they right. were formative. Right. I mean, I watched a G.I. Joe recently and was disappointed at how much oh, it didn't God. hold up. <laughs> it was only made to sell toys. Uh, yeah, but the other party group was Gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I didn't catch I, that I didn't catch you mentioned the, it. I didn't because catch it was the, the colors. Shirt. You figured the colors. It was the colors and the people. They had a dwarf, they had a, a barbarian, they had a Valkyrie, and they had a wizard. But they were the colors of the controllers. That's like great. the Valkyrie was blue, the barbarian was red, like his section on the video game. Barbarian, your life force is running out. They, if they had had the character say a line similar to that, yeah. it would have been super cheesy, but it would have made the Easter egg better. But I'm kind of glad they did. Green glad dwarf they needs yeah. food badly. Yeah. Or it's like, here's food, take this. Like, you could have done that, and people have been like, oh, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, you. We all know when those when all those chests popped up on the on the playing field, you're like, oh, those are going to have stuff in them. Go grab them right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's going to be hard to grab and them. And at least now. one of them is going to be a mimic, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least know. one of them. There's always a trap. Sometimes it's a bridge that you don't know where it starts. That was, that was <laughs> great. That was a great GM and then someone failing their role. Right. Wrapping it up into the story right. moment. You right. know, the paladin through the GM or the GM through the paladin explains this overly elaborate trap that he's built that here's this simple formula. Look, I've got it already drawn out and it's just going to be this and I hope you guys mess it up. And then boom, first step. You know, and it's shot. You didn't even finish describing the formula. Just awesome. I just could, so I could good. Just, I could just hear, like, the, I could hear the player character going, like, I'm going to go look and see how far down the lava is from Give there. me a 1d6. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> okay. And he's like, you step on a rock and you feel it slide down <laughs> under your foot. Roll your intelligence. <laughs> Then, and, and, and then, then the explosion. I, I didn't know the bridge started so early. <laughs> that was wonderful. I didn't know it was going to do that. He gets the stick. He gets out. Of, and he goes, I did good, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I swear I heard it was sitting at a table. I did good, right, guys? Yeah, good. so leaning across. You know, so leaning across. Was that, was that good? I did good, right? <laughs> Hilarious. So good. And then just the... No, I am so not that guy. I am not the guy. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm Edgin. Yeah, There's no yeah. way. He There's just no wants way. to be Chris Pine so bad. <laughs> Fine. I want to be the leader. <laughs> you do play a better loot. I'd play a mean. I'm going to learn to play yeah. a mean loot. I'm going to hold you to now, that. A ute kalele. <laughs> Make you wear the garb too. A loot kalele? And then, like. I feel like there's something here. The, the classic nods to DD hits never stops because, without spoiling anything, this movie ends pretty much. Well, the movie ends like a campaign with your friends would. Very much The so. townspeople are happy. There's fireworks in the streets. Everybody is rejoicing while you get the deed, and she gets this, and everybody re- re- you know, reconnects and, and reconciles. One of our heroes makes the heroic sacrifice. But wait, if you remember, <laughs> you have such and such artifacts. Nah, see, something. if this was one of our games, we always do a uh, an epilogue. Yes. And it, there was an epilogue again the next day or the day after, and and how everything settles out. But you know, as as we leave them all kind of barely surviving and barely alive at the end of the movie, it was. <laughs> but they did that resolution, like the Emerald uh, community got True. their little deed. Uh, 
Mishrod yeah. found herself a new tiny little husband. Another oh, great beat in that movie. We didn't the even whole, mention, like, yeah, old, old Brad Cooper, <laughs> who obviously little likes man, big woman. little people. It's great. A raccoon, a, a halfling. The guy can play little people in any movie that I watch, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's just so funny that, like, there's another quirk on your... We, yes. we used to play GURPS. Yes. But there's another quirk on your GURPS character sheet. Likes... Very small man. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. And that small you know? man likes very large women. Very large yes. women. Yeah. His new girlfriend was like way bigger than her even. <laughs> that, I think that was my favorite enemy. I changed it to his new uh, his new girlfriend. Because <laughs> Mishrod is like, she seems nice. <laughs> but real unhappy about it. Oh my god. Everybody was so good in this and, and they really brought their characters to life and the characters were, in my opinion, very fleshed out mm-hmm. and, and didn't feel flat, didn't feel like just a sheet of paper. Like we've had our campaigns and I mean we've gotten emotional when a character would die yeah. or based on interactions or or actually fight each other over things that would happen in game or get cranky when Kevin kills the big bad way too early in the campaign. <laughs> you know, and things like that. Uh, th- that's what was so identifiable. No, about this Kevin movie, I left thought. because I wouldn't let him kill <laughs> oh, the big a, bad. That's what it was. A third of the way through the game. <laughs> it was like I killed him, he's dead. I'm leaving. Taking my Dyson going home. Oh, so good. He just went with Plan C because Plan A had the stink on it. That's not good. But it plan was, A had the stink. Uh, it yeah. was a fun story that that got you emotional. Heck, I, I had a little roller coaster towards the end there, and you know I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but that's when I again met uh, Scott's hand in the popcorn bowl. Um, so you know, <laughs> yeah. it was a touching really, moment, really touching moment. Yeah. I was, I was. Oh no, but it's so cool to get that sort of end of campaign resolution. You got to tie up all the bows, even though one of them doesn't get tied up with the corpse that still has to answer questions. Poor guy. <laughs> so somebody hang out in the theater and ask him a question. Does anyone they... have a question? <laughs> yeah, there's one of my nitpicks. Uh oh. Yes. That's that's a mid credit scene. Yes. Because it's in between the animated credits and the internet and called the it rolling a credits. And the internet called it an end credit scene. <laughs> yes. So we stuck around because we're like, oh, we're gonna about to do a podcast on this. So we gotta see all the scenes. Yes. That's right. And then no, that stupid Mid-credit. website called it an end credit no, scene. No, no, there was more than one website. So. Because, <laughs> really? because when we were walking out, I was like, hey, I heard there was a post credit scene. Yeah, was several that it? other people stayed in the theater. So for you people who have to, uh, you know, hit the restroom pretty bad by the end of this movie, uh, yeah, dude, there's just that mid credit scene. Yeah, you can run, go pee, or check that's the, right. Check that out. Well, since you all have hot opinions, I say we just get into it. Let's get our pizza open. Because <gasps> is our pizza here? here? And tell me what you think of this movie in our favorite terms. We like to do the eight slice pizza rating. Wow. You know it, you love it. Yeah. We it, haven't had a zero slicer. If you give it to this, we're going to have a no, talk. No, are you kidding? And I don't want to seem like an overly enthusiastic pizza lover, but I do enjoy entertainment, and yeah. I felt like this was entertaining. Uh, <laughs> so this would be an eight slice movie house pizza uh-huh. with uh, greasy, greasy pepperoni mm. and some sausage and maybe extra cheese because this was pretty cheesy, but go. in a good way. So, good, oh, good well played, yeah. well played. I like that. And that's mozzarella. Uh, well, gosh, I don't think it's any secret. I love this movie. I thought it was great. I mentioned it earlier. There was points in this movie I was 13 years old in in the dining room table of my buddy yeah. Jeff Holmes. I can mm-hmm. I can see it right now. So much fun. I loved it. Of course, uh, I've never not given eight slices. 
But yeah, I'm gonna go with Brad. It's a uh, it's a it's a greasy pepperoni pizza, possibly even shared with my buddy Brad uh, while watching said movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, eight slices of all the toppings, whatever your favorite topping is, fantastic. I loved it. Here you go, Mikey. Oh, I'm going. Okay, uh, eight slices. The wow. theater laughed. I laughed. But this is this is the pizza you grew up eating. This is your favorite. Well said. This is your this is your hometown pizza. It may not be the best. But you've had it on a Friday with your friends. You've all enjoyed it. And you've shared laughs over that pizza. And you're like, hey, you've told funny stories over that pizza. That's this kind of pizza. Mm-hmm. So mine's an eight-slice pepperoni from Mike's Pizza. Shout out Mike's RIP. Nice. But that's my pizza. Oh, wow. We talked about how Willow was kind of like a D&D adventure. Yes. Um, and we both gave it seven, right? I believe so. Right. And this is way better than Willow. <laughs> I was like, ah, how is this going to be better than Willow? It's way better than Willow. So it deserves eight slices, but there's more than eight slices. You know, this is like eight slices in the the amazing addition of Mikey's ice cream sandwich, like like, like some pizza garlic knots so, or something. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah. I had chicken wings during the movie. I put some chicken wings on that's, that pizza. That's that's actually better because you know I'm not that big of an ice cream sandwich fan. Yes, but yes, thank you, Scott. <laughs> this is this is eight slices with your favorite topping. And garlic knots to nice start it side. off with. I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. A nice, nice. Some marinara dipping sauce. Yes. Get some, behind some that. Some nice marinara dipping sauce. And uh, this butter garlic sauce, you know, that comes with it. Yeah. You know, the, it's not just that one place that does it. You can get it at a lot of places. <laughs> and I recommend it. If other places have the, the garlic butter sauce, <laughs> come, to, come to you. So yeah, that's, sure. the, that's the spice on your rating uh-huh. this week is the garlic butter sauce. Yes. And the knots. Oh, I had so much fun with this yeah. movie, though. This is the, this is a night's tale. This is a Saturday afternoon, like perfect romp. Uh, is this one of our first? Like everybody gives it eight. No, we've all given we all given stuff eight slices. That's, that's probably true. You're probably right. Um, We're pizza Mary Sue's. <laughs> but I, I went in there with no expectations because yeah. I like avoided all sure. reviews. One of my kids went and saw this, and when he started talking about it, I stuck my fingers <laughs> in my ears and went la 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 for real. And it blew my expectations away. I was like waiting for something like really cheese to happen or really eye rolling, and it never did. Well, I, I was you. really ready to be really forgiving and yeah. really overlook stuff because I wanted to like this. I was this like the movie. opposite, though. It was. I wanted to like this movie. And I was the opposite it. of you because I always am. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, absolutely delivered far beyond my expectations. Yeah. I didn't have to forgive anything. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic, top to bottom. So if you guys are out there pushing your glasses up because of something in game mechanics, I mean, come on. Right. You know, Mikey, when he always says his favorite DMs, and if he ever DMs, though he doesn't like to, <laughs> the for him, the rule of cool trumps all. That's a big deal. So if, you're, if you think of something super cool that's going to make the game better and fun for everybody, and you make your role, done. Yeah. Right. So if anything bothers you, this is how we help everyone be positive and everyone be a positron. If there's something bothers you, that's just like a technical, like, oh, that's not exactly in the rules for just just say, no, no, no. (laughs) Rule of cool. Rule of cool. The player characters said, I want to try this crazy thing. And the DM's like, all right, it's just crazy enough to work. Give me a roll. Yeah. Um. All right, now roll Six, again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> odds are even. Yeah, odds are even. Behind, yeah, and then you know, and then it happened. Right. You turn into a deer because if you're not, here's where I'm going to be harsh on you guys. If you're not playing D and D that way, or any role playing game that way, 
You're not playing it right. Yeah, get out <laughs> of the book doing and it onto right. the get Tell out the of the book, the rule book, and into the story. Yes, it's always been more about telling the story, cooperative storytelling. Yes, cooperative storytelling. Yep. Cool. And 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 one last harsh point for me: go see this movie. I I know I said earlier that could it be it could be a streaming or a theater. I changed my mind. Go see it in the theater because this <laughs> yeah. is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. That's this right. does well. We get Dungeons and Dragons Thieves Among Honors <laughs> right. and Among Honor Thieves. And go yeah. see it with your old just, old role playing buddies. Yeah, you know? just but, understand how bad all the other ones were compared to this one. I, I mean, imagine if this turned into a franchise. Ooh, I'd love it. Where it's just Dungeons and Dragons like Knights of the right. Blah, or Dungeons it could and be Dragons. Different actors every time. We yeah. don't need no yeah. the same ensemble. No. We just need another well written story. Could cameo them. That's right. If yeah. Fast and the Furious. Can do it, D and D. Yes, absolutely. Mishrod, Mishrod, take some of your Fast and Furious like glitter and put it upon this. Bring some of your family with you. Yeah, we'll we'll have Vin Diesel More in the next tops. one. It'll be great. Right, yeah. that's right. I, as much because he loves it. He was. Yeah. He would want to oh, be a drow. Absolutely would have loved. He'd want to be a drow. All right, everybody. You know what we think. We want to know what you think. You can hit us up on all our socials at Assuming Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram's the best though because it's got pictures. You also can send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Every week, I usually ask Mikey what he wants the GMO format like, but no, we have guests. So, uh, oh, Brad's looking at me like he's got a he's got are you, one. Are you, you calling got one? for the ball? I are you, I, I are you, want, are you sure. calling for the ball? Sure. How do you want them to format the Gmail? Brad? I would like it to be written in your best role playing story. Put us somewhere. Tell us what to oh. do. I would have asked for runes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you open a portal. You don't I, want that. Yeah, yeah. I'd like it delivered in a well written puzzle. <laughs> Uh, we don't speak in colloquialism, so if you could be straightforward <laughs> and non-ironic in your that right was speech. such the DM. That was, that was such the DM. Absolutely, the DM. Like, talking. I'm trying to get this campaign all going. <laughs> Would you please ask the right question? <laughs> we have spent three weeks in the bar. <laughs> uh, if if you like what we're doing here, because we like what we're doing here, and you want to support us so we can uh, stay on the interwebs. Uh, you can buy us a coffee. That's right. Uh, go to buymeacoffee.com slash assuming pod. And you can uh, send us uh, some uh, ducats for some coffee or or some grog at, at the tavern. That's send right. us some Speckles. coin. Toss a coffee to your podcaster. I don't know. That worked yeah, better in great. my head. No, you're doing great. Yeah, I'm going to get a loot. We're going to sing that song. Uh, we want to thank all you Positrons so much for listening. Uh, we also want to thank that guy, Brad, for being here and doing thank our announcing. Thank you. Not Scott Productions for our equipment and being here. Good to be with you. Jazzer for our music. We want to thank uh, Ralph for being in the peanut gallery. He's yeah. waving. <laughs> we By the way, Ralph even liked this movie, and he hates everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're just going to leave it at that. Yes. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow. Uh, oh, was that not the song? <laughs> was that not how it goes? Look out, it's now, Bear. Good stuff. Even and this is one of those pizzas that you can get the that gutter barlic gutter barlic yeah gutter barlic's the best <laughs> gutter barlic it's the name of my next character put this at the, put that at the end.